Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Since 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been committed to improving the lives of America's veterans, first responders, and their families. For over 20 years, the foundation has helped America keep its solemn promise to never forget. Tunnel to Towers provides mortgage-free homes to Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders with young children, builds specifically adapted smart homes for catastrophically injured veterans, and is working to eradicate veteran homelessness. David Marshall served in the Army during World War II and fought in the Battle of the Bulge. He has never forgotten the sacrifices of his comrades nor the efforts of first responders on 9-11 and in the days and months that followed. He is a loyal and proud foundation donor. Tunnel to Towers is committed to supporting veterans, first responders, and their families, and so many of them need your help. Join the foundation on its mission to do good and never forget. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. We have a major announcement tonight on the show. Is Trump losing his fastball? Chip Roy, January 6th. All that's coming up on I'm Right. Chaos in Congress. Kevin McCarthy keeps losing these bids. Again, I just want to reinforce something to you. We're going to move on from this. I know everyone's talking about it. I want to reinforce something to you. 
Whichever side of this you're on, just get McCarthy in there. No, screw McCarthy. Get rid of him. Whatever side of this you're on. Fighting is almost always a good thing. A good thing. You don't enjoy it. That fight you have with uh, your girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife sucks, right? It's a miserable feeling. No one enjoys that. At the back end of that, you oftentimes come out so much better. Clear the air, get some stuff worked out. Boys will know this, hopefully not girls, but I guess there are those occasions. Boys will know this if you're a kid, high school, middle school, grade school, got a problem with somebody. Maybe we do have to meet outside after, behind the gym after school. Maybe we got to throw hands and work it out. And you know what happens so often? It's the oddest thing in the world. So often, once that thing's done, someone's got a bloody lip, someone else has a little broken knuckle, your best buds end up getting to be best buds with the guy. You got to have a good fight. Have a good fight. And I don't, again, I don't care which side of this you're on. Don't be one of those people. I wish we'd just get along. We have gigantic things to change, gigantic things we need to improve on in this country. And I promise we're not going to get along our way there. We are simply not. It's going to take uncomfortable fighting. Now, let's move on from that. Let's talk about something. Now, believe me, this is going to be political here in a second. Let's talk about something. You ever deal with baseball at all? Baseball pitching specifically? I have a friend, I'm not going to get into all the details of, but I have a friend who works with pitchers, namely older pitchers, professional pitchers. And I've talked to this guy several times, and one of the things he's told me over and over and over again, he said, Jesse, one of the hardest things I have to deal with is a pitcher who's used to throwing gas. That means fastballs, ladies, fastballs. Th throws really hard. He throws really hard, really fast. And that's what he's done his whole life. In high school, he threw gas. In college, if he went, he threw gas. In the minors, he threw gas. In the pros, he's throwing gas. He's throwing 98-mile-an-hour fastballs right by people. And that's what he's done for 20 years. That's what he knows. And then he hits 37, 39, whatever. Pick the age. Everyone's arm ages differently. But he hits a point, and 98 becomes 97. And it's 96. It's 95, and instead of striking out 10 batters a game, he's given up 10 runs a game. And having to sit, he tells me, he's having to sit that pitcher down and explain to that pitcher, buddy, the gas is gone. You need to start throwing curveballs again. You need to start throwing change-ups, start throwing sliders. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you're not a pro. Doesn't mean you need to get out of the league. It means the gas is gone. Donald Trump's gas is gone. And you go, hold on, hold on, before you scream, throw your MAGA hat at the TV and walk away. Let me, let me explain something. Trump has chosen to, for better or worse, get involved in this speaker race. He came out very publicly and he said, hey, let's get Kevin elected. It's time to do your, let's go. He went all in for McCarthy. Not only did he go all in for McCarthy, he apparently organized a meeting trying to get the deal done for McCarthy. So Trump throws in his lot with McCarthy, goes all in. Now, 2016, 2017, 18, even 19, I would argue, if Donald Trump came out and told Republicans, vote for McCarthy, it's over. It's already done. Donald Trump 
had that kind of gas back then. That was 98 mile per hour fastball Donald Trump. Donald Trump ruled the Republican Party. If you had his favor, you did quite well. If you had his ire, you were basically finished. It would take, we could take an hour, all hour on the show tonight to list all the useless rhino Republicans whose career Donald Trump ended. So he'd simply blasted them, ended. They got primaried or retired before they got primaried. Just Donald Trump, if he hated you, it was the kiss of death. It was, you were already done. Grim Reaper, come round him up. That Donald Trump is gone. The Donald Trump we have now, for a lot of different reasons, some his fault, some very much not his fault, he doesn't have that kind of juice anymore. He's going to have to go with different tactics. And you know how you know? Donald Trump's biggest supporters are now not just defying him. They're okay with very publicly defying him. Matt Gates nominated Donald Trump to be speaker today, so we're not going to get into that lunacy. But he also came out when Trump was pushing for McCarthy and said, quote, Supporting McCarthy is the worst human resources decision President Trump has ever made. Sad. Man, he even got a little sassy. Lauren Boebert, as you know, the Jesse Kelly Show's bipartisan hottest women of Congress list champion, current champion. We have another list coming out in the next coming months, so we'll see if she regains her title. But she also is a friend of mine. And not only is she a friend of mine, she's a hardcore Trump person. We're talking the MAGA hat, the works, the Trump endorsement on the website, love Trump, love Trump. She is a Trump person. Lauren Boebert went on the House floor and said this. Let's stop with the campaign smears and tactics to get people to turn against us. Even having my favorite president call us and tell us we need to knock this off. I think it actually needs to be reversed. The president needs to tell Kevin McCarthy that, sir, you do not have the votes and it's time to withdraw. And with that, I yield. Thank you. Man. Now, you can think whatever you want about that House speech. It shows that the fastball is gone. The days of Donald Trump saying and everyone else doing are gone. Now, what does that mean for Trump politically? It doesn't mean that Trump is done. Maybe you love Trump and you're sitting there sad right now. Jesse, don't say it's over. I'm not saying it's over. I'm not saying that at all. And you Trump haters, don't celebrate. Yeah, you're right. He's finished, Jesse. He's not done. But here's what it most definitely does mean. He is going to have to. It's not an option anymore. He's going to have to change some of his tactics. Not change who he is. He is who he is. He's going to have to change some of his tactics because he most definitely is done if he does what so many of those pitchers do my buddy told me about him and says no i still got it and he goes out there and just tries to keep throwing the gas that ain't there anymore he's done he's finished he doesn't have that kind of political juice he is going to have to go from a man who says go and everyone goes to being a coalition builder again he can regain that kind of a juice but he is going to have to change and bring that coalition back together again. It's not that he's lost everyone's support. That's ridiculous. Ignore any idiot who tells you that. But he has lost support, and not an insignificant amount of support. So he's got work to do. Doesn't mean he's finished. It means the fastball can still be there. It's not your number one pitch anymore. And you can't just go out there and throw it the whole game.
That's what it means. The truth is, for a lot of reasons, he's been wounded politically, and he needs to heal, and he needs to coalition build. And look, we need him to heal. I don't care if you're a Trump hater. That's fine. We, because he might be the nominee, if, if he was, if the if primary is held today, he would be the nominee. Because he might be the nominee, we need Trump to heal. Because if the election is in 2024 is between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, whoo boy, do we need Donald Trump to win that race, and we need it badly. I'm not talking about for for your feelings or to be offensive or less offense. I'm not talking about any of these things. I'm talking about for your pocketbook. We are we are we are in some trouble. We've got two thirds of economists and large financial institutions making some dire predictions about 2023. Now, anyone who watches I'm Right on a regular basis already knows that. I've been telling you what's coming. I've been telling you why it's coming. But hey, even Cardi B's catching up now. You're going to go broke soon because y'all not budgeting. I get a summary of the money that's being spent in my home every week. So when I'm starting to see they're like groceries, is like tripling up. It's like, hey, yo, what the is going on? And like when I go to the supermarket like i went to the supermarket i'm seeing that everything tripled up they're like lettuce was like two dollars a couple of months ago and now it's like seven of course i'm gonna say something hey not not exactly how i would put it per se <laughs> but you get the idea groceries are expensive and we're in real real trouble because the biden administration is still rolling out corinne diversity hire to tell you how great everything is We've made significant progress in lowering the prices, uh, gas prices specifically. Prices are down nearly $2 uh, per gallon and are lower today than they were one year ago today, this very day. Once these refineries come back online, do you expect the gas prices to come back down? And, and the price of gas when the president came into office was $2.39 a gallon. I know, but I'm talking about one year ago, and that was one year ago was not when he came into office, right? So. No, 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 no. I wasn't talking about when Trump was in office just a year ago when we screwed everything up even worse. Look, this is not news to you. According to Gas Buddy, average American expected to pay $2,500 now annually in gas. Average American was paying $1,300 in gas when Donald Trump was president of the United States of America. What does that mean? It means simply not that gas is more expensive. We already know that. It means that you are watching in real time your standard of living go down. And there are all these indicators out there. I've been trying to point these out to you for the last year about why I think something really ugly economically is coming. Because there is indicator after indicator after indicator that something is not right and we're out of whack and it's just not working. Auto sales is a great way to track it. Auto sales dropped by 8% in 2021. Now, 8% is it's a weird thing because you see 8% and it doesn't see that it doesn't seem like that big of a number, right? It's 8%, it's not even 10%, it's not 50%. You should understand that in the business world, and you you people in this is in the business world will understand this. In the business world, if at the end of the year you're down 8%, people are getting fired. There is going to be a DEFCON 3 situation going on at your company if sales are down 8%. Well, nationally, sales are down 8%. It's a really, really, really big deal. And so people are out there still trying to keep up with the Joneses, and it's really hurting them. Carol Roth elaborated on that earlier. 
The big challenge, Jesse, is how the consumer is financing all of this. And they're basically financing this by killing their own wealth. We had savings for consumers, personal savings, that peaked in about September of 2021 at about $2.3 trillion. That has come down by the third quarter, so before the holiday season, third quarter of 2022 was about $1.5 trillion. And if you ask oh. the heads of the big banks, oh, wait, again, it's worse. <laughs> if you ask the heads of the big banks and the economists when that's all going to run out, that is going to be the middle of this year. So it means that people are saving less. They're putting more on their credit cards. Credit card debt is nearing a trillion dollars. And because oh, people have jobs and because they have this wealth effect because their housing prices have generally increased over time, um, it means that the consumers are dipping into their own wealth to finance keeping the economy afloat, which really takes us down the path of you owning nothing. Sorry, I just wanted, I want, look, I want you to be ready. I want you to be ready. We got the Federal Reserve out there saying interest rates are going to remain high for how long? Sometime. Quote, sometime. Boy, that's comforting, isn't it? They're going to remain high for some time. Stock market took a beating last year, seventh worst year on record. No indication that turns around this year. I didn't mean this to be a little 30-second thing where you should be scared, but I'll, I'll add one more thing for it, all right? Just one more thing. I brought this up on the show earlier this week. I want to bring this up to you again. I'm not a money guy. I'm not a stock market guy. I don't bonds and stocks and stuff like this. It's, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I know the very basic. That's why we bring on people like Carol Roth to make you and me smarter at the same time. So I have to farm that out. I have to find somebody. Hey, uh, here's the money I have left over. Invest that for me. Make me some money, right? The guy I have is sharp. He's really, really sharp. And just send him a little bit of money. We send whatever we have at the end of the year into him, trying to invest, trying to put 401k, that kind of stuff. Hey, just build up for retirement. And we had a little bit left over and sent it to him. And he said, hey, you have the option here. I can put this in this savings account, savings account or I can invest it in the market. And I said, well, I don't know. I don't know. You're the money guy. What, what do you want to do? And he said, uh, let's just keep it in the savings account for now. The money guy is not investing my money. He put it in a savings account. Do with that what you will. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. Now, here's something that's not going to make you uncomfortable. We have a major announcement, a good announcement. One that'll put a smile on your face, and it's coming up next. You know what else puts a smile on my face? Annoying my wife. I don't know why that is. Probably because I'm a bad person. But one of the things that annoys her the most is when I show off my Grip6 wallet. It's not that she doesn't like the wallet. It's just that I enjoy so much having, finally having a wallet that one doesn't wear out. All the little leather ones I had always wore out. My cards start falling out. It locks my cards in. I love that. I love the security of it. And just being able to squeeze it and have all my cards pop up is so much fun. So every time I go buy something now, I pull it out and I kind of hold it over by her face and I just pop it up really quick. She hates it. It's fantastic. Go get your own Grip6 wallet. They are the best. Made in America, by the way, of course. Made in America. Go to Grip6.com. Promo code JESSE saves you money. They also have the best socks and belts I've ever had in my life. Grip6.com. Promo code JESSE. All right? We'll be back.
Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Conservatives, this is your wake-up call. Fight back against this destructive Marxist ideology. I will deliver the research, every issue, every controversy. Unapologetic. I don't think it's ever a tragedy for a baby to be born. Never backing down. This is our time, this is our opportunity. Why would we let that go? If you let these hypocritical, tyrannical politicians take an inch, even with the excuse of an emergency, they will take a mile. So let them take nothing from you, period. Liz Wheeler is coming to the first. The Liz Wheeler Show premieres Monday, January 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on The First TV. How about that? My friend Liz Wheeler joins the first premiering January 9th. We actually have really needed somebody who does research on this network, because it's certainly not me. <laughs> Joining me now, my friend Liz Wheeler. Liz, obviously, congratulations. This is exciting news for everybody. Very happy to have you here. Welcome to the first. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you. I don't think it's ever going to get less surreal to see a promo for my own show. I'm extremely fortunate to do what I do, and I'm so excited to be partnering with The First. The show is moving to five days a week instead of three, so you can get the show Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. It will also be available, obviously, on The First TV now if you would like to watch it that way. I'm, I'm so grateful for everything that you guys at The First do. I mean, it's an incredible apparatus of alternative new media that you're building, and I'm delighted to be a part of it. Shoot, we're happy to have you here. All right, now let's get on enough of, enough of the nice stuff. Let's get on to some other things. Let's talk about Trump for a minute as we talk about the speaker thing and whatnot, which I love that they're fighting. I think it's hilarious. But Trump, okay, so Trump gets involved in the speaker thing. That doesn't go anywhere. He basically gets ignored and publicly called out by his biggest supporters like Gates and Boebert, so that looked bad. I remember when some Sears the night of the midterms or maybe the night after called out Trump, said time to move on, that looked bad. Now, I'm not sitting here saying, as I said in the open, that Trump is done, but Trump has very clearly lost significant amounts of support. Am I reading that wrong? No, that's correct. And I talked about this on my show today, actually, because it's been kind of interesting to watch what's happened with Trump unfold. Because one of the reasons in 2015 and 2016 that he was so appealing to the Republican base and even part of uh, the American people, this white working class vote that wasn't typically Republican, he was able to get this, this otherwise Democratic uh, voter base to vote for him was because he was bombastic, right? It was entertaining. It was charming, but only because he was an outsider. 
here because he wasn't a politician, because he was aiming that I'll call BS when I see it attitude at the swamp. And that was something that was very appealing to a large chunk of the American public. But something Jesse has changed since then, something in his perspective has shifted. And I think I know what it is. I think that he has begun to rely on political consultants instead of relying on listening to his base. Now, I don't know whether this is because he's actually hired consultants or whether it's because he's not on Twitter anymore or whether he's so obsessed with the idea of his legacy being Operation Warp Speed that he can't see what his base feels about the vaccine and about the vaccine mandates. But the fact remains, I mean, not just regarding the speaker election, but also his his post on Truth Social from a couple days ago where he was blaming pro-lifers of all people for the, for the lack of red wave in the midterm elections. I mean, this is consultant class narrative stuff from Trump. And, you know, I hope he's listening to this right now. I encourage him to listen. This is easily fixable. Just fire your consultants. Stop listening to your consultants and start listening again to the American people because that's what worked for you the first time. That's what made you a good politician when you weren't a politician at all. It sure did. Trump's ability to connect with normal people was what made him so popular. He needs to regain that. I'm sure it's still in there somewhere. All right. Speaking of someone out of touch with normal people, here's a little video of Mitch McConnell and Joe Biden just having an event together. We all know these are really partisan times, but I always feel no matter who gets elected, once it's all over, we ought to look for things we can agree on and try to do those even while we have big differences on other things. Folks, I'm especially happy to be here with my friend and colleague in many years, and I might add, uh, longest-serving leader in the United States Senate, Senator Mitch McConnell. Mitch, it's great to be with you. Liz, part of the reason I'm so indifferent to the speaker race, I haven't really taken, I don't really care, they can go throw poop at each other for all I care, is this kind of crap. I am so disenfranchised with the GOP, you would never in a million years see a Democrat senator do an event with Donald Trump when he was president or something like that. It's like we don't want to win. I find it pathetic. Yeah, it's infuriating. I mean, I can't say that I'm surprised in this particular case that Mitch McConnell would be buddy-buddy with the Democrats. He's never been a conservative. He's been a very useful politician. He is a skilled politician. So he's been very useful to the Republicans, especially during the Trump administration when he got so many judges, um, nom or not nominated, but confirmed in the United States Senate. That was an incredible achievement, and it led to the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. So credit where it's due, a lot of that credit does go to McConnell. But McConnell's not conservative. This is a problem the Republican politician class has is they're naive. They actually have no idea what's going on in the world. They're, they're ostensibly in Washington, D.C. to fight for our liberty and to fight against threats to our liberty, but they don't acknowledge the reality of the political enemy that we're facing. And if you don't acknowledge that reality, then you're not going to fight back against it well. So it manifests the way that it did here with Mitch McConnell, acting like we have something in common with the left. Jesse, you'll notice that when these politicians talk about, John Kasich was doing the same thing on Twitter, talking about this, a coalition candidate for speaker or some, some nonsense like that, I always want to ask them, what, what do we have in common with the left? What issues are you talking about that there's crossover on a principal level or, or at, at this baseline foundational level? What are you talking about? Because we don't agree on border security. We don't agree on the exceptionalism of our nation, of America. We don't agree on parental rights. We don't agree on critical race theory. We don't agree on the role of the FBI and law enforcement in our nation. We don't agree on the free market economy. We don't agree on anything. 
I can't, I can't name one thing that the Democratic Party in their platform where there's a crossover with the Republican Party. So these politicians like McConnell who pretend that there's a crossover, they're incredibly naive. They're actually being manipulated and exploited. They're pawns of the Democrats. And the word you used, unfortunately, is correct. It's pathetic. It is pathetic. 100% right. Joe Biden, in the meantime, is going to visit the border. Here's a little video. Are you going to be visiting the border when you head down to, to Mexico? That's my intention. We're working out the details now. Liz, this guy has avoided the border like a feminist avoids cooking. He's now going to the border after the midterms. Why? Well, listen, I might differ a little bit from the rest of conservatives on this. I don't really care if Joe Biden visits the border. I care what his policies do to impact the border. Yeah. Joe Biden going to the border is just going to be a photo op, right? They're just going to paint him in a positive light. They're not going to allow journalists to ask him the tough questions. They're not going to put him in a situation where he's seeing these caravans crossing the border. He's not going to be staged nearby to the, the hundreds of thousands of Americans who are dying of fentanyl overdoses. He's not going to see women who've been sexually abused by the coyotes and the cartels being trafficked across the border. None of that's going to happen if he visits the border. All he's going to do is try to make it a quote-unquote humanitarian crisis in the way that it's not, meaning he's going to blame Border Patrol, he's going to blame ICE, he's going to use this as a as a, a venue to push amnesty on the American people. So I don't care if he visits the border. What I care about is our country. I care about our sovereignty. I care about securing the borders so that we can actually be a nation. I care about the women who've been assaulted and sexually exploited. I care about all of the people all across our nation who are suffering from the opioid crisis, the fentanyl crisis, which is a result of these open borders. I care that the Biden administration has has continued catch and release, that they have stopped Remain in Mexico, that they are doing everything in their power to make the border as porous as possible, starting with, Jesse, Joe Biden's invitation to illegal aliens at the beginning or during his campaign, I believe it was, when he actually said, come on, come on into America, we'll let you. That's what I care about. I don't care if he goes to the border himself. Liz Wheeler, the Liz Wheeler Show comes here. You can get this full time now, January 9th. Liz, welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Jesse. I appreciate it. Uh, maybe you thought mask mandates were gone. <laughs> That's hilarious. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, I love saying that name. He's going to join us next. We're going to talk about it. Now, let's talk about that timeshare you're stuck in. Look, look, there's no judgment here. Do you know how many stupid financial decisions I've made in my lifetime? And I'm not even calling your decision stupid. Maybe you bought a timeshare. Maybe you've enjoyed it. And then maybe you got older. Maybe you got over it. Maybe the kids moved away. But maybe you, maybe you just want out. I don't know. But you want out and they're telling you, sorry, you can't get out. Should have read the fine print. Page 95, paragraph Q. You can get out. They're lying to you. Lone Star Transfer caught on to this scam that timeshare companies do a long time ago. And they've been helping families legally and permanently get out of their timeshare. 18,000 of them. They didn't start yesterday. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. You are one phone call away from freedom, so make that phone call. Call Lone Star Transfer and let them get you out. 844-310-2646. 844-310-2646. Or LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back.
Twitter files continue. And for those of you not online, Twitter is obviously a big social media company and a social media company that was so hardcore left from its very inception. And apparently they are much more evil and much more wired in than we ever thought. We continue to get revelations courtesy of Elon Musk at just how deep the rot goes. And one of the things we've discovered recently is the trends blacklist. Now, what does that mean? Well, maybe you have a neighbor who thinks that all the doctors and scientists were saying the same thing about COVID. You get that a lot. If you watch the news, you got online, they're all saying the same thing. All the experts say, well, you know why you think that or why your normie neighbor thinks that? Because guys like Dr. Jay Bhattacharya was banned from your view. You see, all the experts weren't saying the same thing. You just couldn't see the experts saying something else. Joining me now, Professor Stanford School of Medicine. Yeah, he knows what he's talking about. Dr. Jay Bhattacharya. Doctor, I got to ask, why were you blacklisted on Twitter? You know, it's funny. I, I found out that I was blacklisted uh, just uh, just last month. I, I was blacklisted the first day I joined. And what I did is I posted a, a link to a, a an op-ed that said, that we shouldn't be keeping kids away from school on the basis of some test if they have no symptoms. Because uh, I was I'm a big proponent of kids going to school, which is, I guess, a, a radical thing nowadays. Um, <laughs> and then <laughs> and, and then I also posted a link to something called the Great Barrington Declaration, which is a, 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 a essentially a, an alternate way to deal with the pandemic, uh, focused with focused protection of vulnerable people and lifting lockdowns. Um, Twitter didn't do this alone on its own. Um, I know for a fact that that people like Tony Fauci was working uh, within the federal government, a dozen federal agencies, in fact, were working to suppress debate about COVID online. Um, and uh, they worked with Twitter. Just, I just, and I think we're going to see that uh, explicitly in the coming days. But we've already seen it through a lawsuit I've been involved with uh, by the Attorney General's offices of Missouri and Louisiana and the New Civil Liberties Alliance. We found that that Twitter essentially was the cat spot for the federal government. The federal government was was suppressing this debate in order to create this illusion of consensus about COVID policy that never existed. You're absolutely right, Jesse. It, it, people, if I hadn't heard that there was there was opposition to these policies within the scientific community, it's because of actions like this. Doctor, I, I, maybe this isn't the right question to ask a doctor, but why that's what i still can't quite wrap my mind around when it comes to the federal government all right so twitter is run by a bunch of dirty communists that's not surprising but the united states federal government seemed so invested in this pandemic only being sold to people a certain way and there's only one way to deal with it and things like that and i just it seems so anti-human to me it is absolutely is essentially what you had was a small cartel of very powerful science bureaucrats people like tony fauci that use their power to uh, to suppress scientific debate and discussion and make sure then try to make sure that people thought that they were the i mean you know tony fauci said it himself he said i if you if, if you criticize me you're not simply criticizing a man you're criticizing science itself it was hubris on a grand scale they thought they were so far right that correct that that it, you should not be talking about uh, you should not be contradicting them and anyone with credentials that contradict them their well the, the credentials should be destroyed they should be blacklisted uh, it was a grab of power uh, and, and you know it's one of these things I think the question of why to me it's if you have unchecked power it's going to corrupt you and I think that's exactly what happened yeah. All right, something else is happening out there in your state, I'm very sad to say, California. 
a new assembly bill 2098 i'm sure you're well aware of it it allows the state to punish doctors for covid misinformation conduct doc okay a couple things one who's going to decide what covid misinformation is in california and punish these doctors how exactly so uh the bill called ab 2098 what it does is it it allows the medical board of california to remove a license and the, the, the bill is very specific. It says if it's if the doctor is spreading COVID misinformation to your patient. Uh, in other words, when you go see your doctor and you're like, well, I had uh, uh, my, my, my kid had myocarditis the last time he took the vaccine. Should I get a second dose? The doctor uh, is not actually going to be managing your kid. They're not going to be giving advice specific to the kid or the patient. Or the, uh, they, instead, what they're going to be in, in that same room, Jesse, will be the CDC. And in the back of the minds of these doctors will be, well, I'm not just treating this patient, I also have public health in mind. And if those two things contradict, if, the, if what's in the best interest of, of what the CDC says is in the best interest of public health contradicts what's in the best interest of the patient, the doctors will, will side with the CDC. You have the CDC in the same room as, as, as the patient and the doctor. Um, that's what this, this bill does. And, who, uh, and if the doctors don't do this, they will lose their licenses. So the consequence is you're not actually going to get the best medical advice from your doctor in California. What you're going to get is the politically correct advice of that looking with, with doctors looking over the shoulder of what the CDC is saying. And they're going to stay silent on social media. As a result, they're going to stay silent in, in the press when the CDC makes a mistake. We now have lost in California a vital check when public health makes mistakes. Normally, doctors would push back. This bill makes it so the doctors won't. Okay, did you get an invitation to serve on this medical board? Did your invitation get lost in the mail? I'm just curious who's on this medical board. I mean, it's other doctors. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't generally have a problem with medical boards. There's, they're, they're, they serve a real purpose, right? I mean, you want to, but, um, and I, I, I don't, this is not, that my, I'm a researcher, Jesse. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not serving on medical boards for, I mean, I'm not, just by temperament, it's not good for, for me or anyone else. Um, but but I, I do, I do think that, uh, that medical boards shouldn't be coerced by the legislature into serving the interests of the CDC over the over the interests of patients. Uh, doc, patients are going to lose faith in doctors. It's, it's going to have negative consequences uh, to patient care and patient management. I don't. It's so short-sighted, and it is absolutely a violation of free speech rights of doctors. Um, and it's a violation of the rights of patients to hear the honest thoughts about about the doc what the doctors think should be should should uh, should happen. Um, I, I just can't believe that this law will survive uh, court scrutiny. If it does survive court scrutiny, if it's not, you know, sh you put down based on free speech rights, uh, free you know, uh, First Amendment, then uh, I don't know what the First Amendment is for. Yeah, I would argue patients are already losing faith in their doctor, and they're most definitely losing faith in the CDC, courtesy of lies like this lie right here. We're vaccinating so very fast. Our data from the CDC today suggests, um, you know, that that vaccinated people do not carry the virus, don't get sick, um, and, and that it's not just in the clinical trials, but it's also in real-world data. Doctor, the loss of trust in the medical community in this country is so palpable over the last two years. I would argue it equals to the loss of trust in organizations like the FBI. It's that bad. I mean, it's absolutely shocking and, and heartbreaking. I mean, I spent my career in, in medicine and medical research. Um, trust in medicine was one of the f 
few institutions in the country that uh, that that united everybody, right? Uh, you, you go to your doctor. You don't ask what your politics are. You ask. You talk about your health situation. You don't. You sh- you shouldn't know what politics your public health officials have. You shouldn't know what politics your doctor has. It should never ever enter your mind to worry about that. What's happened though is that you know that most of public health practitioners are on the left, and. Um, rather than meet their professional obligation to leave their politics aside when they practice public health, they've acted in ways that are deeply partisan. And people know this. It's not like you can't notice this. You see see this partisan divide in public health. You see this partisan divide in the leaders of medicine. And as a consequence, half the American people or more no longer trust public health. It's not like politics. You can't have 95% plus one. I'm sorry, you can't have 50% plus one and say, okay, you're doing a good job in public health. You need 95% or 99% of people to trust you in order to do a good job in public health. They have violated their most basic obligation to the American people, which is to be trustworthy to everybody, uh, they being the CDC uh, and, uh, and uh, Tony Fauci and the, and, and the public health uh, so the public health establishment. I don't know how you get that back, but it's absolutely vital for American uh, health to for public health to return to its more traditional nonpartisan ways. Doctor, mask mandates. I see New Jersey's bringing them back to many school districts. We have publications like The Atlantic calling for a return for them. We're not going to see these come back, surely, right? <laughs> I think uh, in some places, unfortunately, Jesse, it looks like they're going to come back. I mean, they're having a debate in the UK over them coming back as well. Uh, the, the key thing to know is that before the pandemic, the reason why at the beginning of the pandemic, no one was pushing mass mandates was because the evidence, randomized evidence, good solid evidence from community, in the community masking found that they didn't do anything, that they didn't work to stop the disease transmission. Um, so we basically pushed a intervention with no solid evidence. Now the evidence that they're citing is like, you know, some mannequin study in a lab. Well, kids aren't mannequins, people aren't mannequins. Um, these don't, these mandates do not work when mandated in the community at large to stop disease spread. Uh, and you know, some people, some people, like an older person, might have gone out at the height of the pandemic wearing a mask, falsely thinking they were protected because of these lies. They may have died as a result. Um, this kind of, of reliance on low quality evidence, that the idea that, you well, okay, so there's something bad happening, we have to do something, whether it's good or bad, it's just a big mistake. It's one of the reasons why people no longer trust public health because of the pushing of these kinds of mandates. And it's divided communities, divided people. Like, you know, this this messaging, my mask protects you, your mask protects me, as if somehow if I don't wear a mask, I'm a bad guy. That is a, that's they, that essentially moralized a disease, moralized a behavior, divided communities on the basis of bad scientific evidence. It's, a, it's public health malpractice at scale. That's true. Dr. J, appreciate you, man. Thank you. All right. We're going to talk a little bit of January 6th because tomorrow's the anniversary, all right? Before we do that, let's clear something up. Viruses are real. They are. There are viruses in the air. And what you need to do is take that stupid mask off your face and don't put one on your kid's face. If you're concerned about viruses in the air and mold in the air, get yourself a few Eden Pure Thunderstorms for your home and your office, I would recommend. These things are, look, they don't even have a filter you should replace. It creates in your home essentially what nature does after a thunderstorm. 
So instead of some big air purifier, it's just this little black box with no filter to replace it. It goes right in the outlet in the wall. It hardly makes any noise. You don't even know it's there. What it's doing is cleaning your air. You'll be able to smell it. You can almost taste it. Viruses, gone. Mold, gone. Want your family to be healthier? Throw your stupid mask away and get a few Eden Pure Thunderstorms. I got them $200 off three packs right now. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE gets you $200 off a three pack. EdenPureDeals.com. Code JESSE. We'll be back. Today is January 5th. And look, I'm a community college guy. Almost three years of community college, so that tells me tomorrow must be January 6th. That means it's the two-year anniversary of the famed January 6th. And I have good news for you. We are going to celebrate it in our own way here on the 1st. I have a special coming tomorrow. We have a special coming tomorrow on January 6th. And we're not going to cover it like everyone else has, like it was some violent insurrection that almost took down America. We're not going to cover it like the FBI has, pretending like we now have domestic terrorists plotting to bring down the government at any moment. No, we're going to be honest about the human rights violations that have taken place in the wake of January 6th. We're going to talk about our political prisoners. We're going to talk about the people who somehow avoided arrest. Where is Mr. Pipe Bomber? We have incredible guests. You are going to learn things on tomorrow's show that you did not know before. I promise you that. January 6th, the special tomorrow might be one of the biggest, if not the biggest special we have ever done. So make sure you tune in for that. Also, you need to tune in for you need to tune in for Light in the Mood, which is coming up next, because I think we have two or three nice funnies for you. And gosh, it's been a week. We all need that, right? Hang on. You ever heard of bad lip reading? It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious where they take a conversation between two people that you can't hear and they actually make it look real. They make up a conversation between them. So for today's Light in the Mood, bad lip reading, we want to give them a shout out for this. Matt Gates had a conversation with AOC on the House floor. Who knows what those two were talking about? But man, bad lip reading. <laughs> they killed it. I've heard that the floor asked for shrubs to be put in the common areas. Yeah, you're no, right. We will not let this slide because, like, when Obviously you do that, we would, you know, put in some rocks too. Oh, interesting. All rocks are my friends. I didn't know. That's so good. And speaking of bad lip reading, I did. I should have played this earlier in the show. Joe Biden had to do a little presser today with Dome, and well, he he couldn't quite get through a whole sentence, so he had to get Kamala to come in and help finish him off. Thank you, so Sir, are you still monitoring? Are you still monitoring the speaker's race? Are you still watching the speaker's race? I'm following with great, uh, how can I say it? Attention. Attention. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. All right, I'll see you tomorrow. Each morning, the President of the United States receives a highly classified briefing on the most important issues facing the country. It's called the President's Daily Brief, or PDB. It's delivered by America's spies and analysts. 
Well, now you can hear your very own PDB in the form of a podcast hosted by me, Brian Dean Wright, a former CIA operations officer. Each morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, I'll bring you 15 to 20 minutes of the most important issues facing the country, giving you the critical intelligence and analysis you need to start your morning. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. Mayo served our nation for over seven years before he was catastrophically injured during training. He was left paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers has already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.